Hello, and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. This is the first of what will be a series of shows on Blog Talk Radio, and I usually am broadcasting on Progressive Radio Network, PRN. That information is available at www.abetterworld.net. But I've decided to do a show that's very highly focused on the subject of socially responsible business and socially conscious investing. Because in my worldview, understanding our relationship to money in a very conscious, conscientious way, understanding the flow of it as energy in the larger context of our planet is more important than perhaps anything because it seems that the reason we're having as much trouble as we're having on the planet today is a crisis of a relationship to our material and spiritual lives. This show is becoming an opportunity for us all to learn more about how to balance these two very important, most important domains of our lives. The bridge between the two is, of course, respect and love. And to start things off on our new time, our new place in Blog Talk Radio, I've invited a good friend of mine, also a colleague, who has been on this path for a long, long time, helping people get clear specifically about their relationship to money. And because of the man that he is, he has truly a holistic perspective and a very studied perspective on the role of money in our society. And his job really these days is to hold people by the hand and walk them through a conscious relationship and cultivating one with money and, in effect, the material world. His name is Timothy Karsten. He lives currently in Los Angeles. He has been a lawyer. He has been very involved in political economics, international relations, which he studied at Berkeley. And he's worked with many wealthy individuals over the course of years, helping them to both invest as well as how to be charitable with their money to helping the world, improving the world at large. So he's especially wise when it comes to these most important subjects that I'm saying need to really be very dear to our heart, not to be on automatic with these considerations, but to become highly conscious and use money as the beautiful energy it really is to make and shape the kind of world we most want. So, Timothy, without further ado, are you on the line? Timothy, are you on the line? Okay. Uh, I am just (laughs) getting familiar with this whole thing here. Let me try this. Maybe this. Timothy, are you there? I am here, Mitchell. Okay, very good. I'm so sorry. I'm just getting accustomed to the uh, the techie stuff here. I'm wearing two hats, the host and the engineer. So, pardon uh, me. Were you able to no hear problem. me? No problem. Yes, I can hear you great. 
Excellent, excellent. Well, Timothy Carson, I'm very glad to have you on the show, and uh, I gave a little bit of an introduction of some of your work, and uh, which I think is outstanding, and that's why I wanted you to be on my show on uh, Progressive Radio Network some months back, where uh, you were uh, one of the members of our Money and Consciousness Roundtable, and um, so it's really a pleasure to have you back. Thank you so much, Mitchell. Great to be back with you. You're really doing such a great service to the community by bringing people on to talk about various important topics. So thank you for including me. Of course, of course, because you are part of the club of making a difference in the world, Timothy, and that's what this show is all about, A Better World is all about. Our lives are really about, and we, we pick those venues that we want to most focus on and in. And uh, I know you're doing wonderful work out there in L.A. on the uh, left coast, as we say. Um, Give us a little description, if you would, about what happens when you see a client and what is your worldview as you sit down with a client to work with them on the subject of consciousness and money. Well, first, uh, there are... My my mission in my work is to help people be freer in their relationship to, to money, whether they have a lot of money or a little amount of money. And so I work with people who are either, uh, they can be CEOs, they can have made their money and are trying to figure out what to do with their money, they can be emerging entrepreneurs, they can be struggling struggling business people. I have one client who is in the real estate business and who's really struggling to make his business successful. So part of it is we look at, at their relationship to money. What is the story? What's the backstory? Where do they come from? What were the origins of their uh, thinking and feeling and attitudes and actions towards money? And we look to understand that deeply and then look at what steps we might we might be able to take to to change the story, to create a new story, a happier story, a more mm-hmm. fulfilling story, a more successful story. Uh, and uh, in the case of high net worth individuals, it's often about how do I make sure my values are lined up with my wealth? How do I pick the right team players to help me in my work and mission with my wealth? Mm. Uh, how mm-hmm. do I raise my children? How do I raise my children consciously and uh, successfully? Since I have money and they have access to money, how are we going to work together as a family unit? And when do we bring in philanthropy? And how do we? How do you know? Often people say it's a lot harder to give away money than money. Now I'm sure many of the listeners here are going, "Well, I'd like to have that challenge," but. What kind of problem is that, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But the truth is, is that a lot of—I mean, I've, I've worked had a family foundation for years that I've helped run, and the truth sure. is, it is very challenging to give away money successfully because yeah. you have an idea, a thought, a vision, and it's not always achievable. And so, exactly, exactly. So, what, what? When you say freer, I mean, that's a wonderful idea, but one of the things I'd imagine you're dealing with with your clients is our various belief systems that are largely culturally conditioned and family conditioned, having to do with what is our relationship to money, what is our attitude towards it. Is it good or 
Is it bad? Is it the root of all evil? We we have all of these notions circulating as the background listening, as Warner Earhart would say, in our minds and our psyches. So uh, I imagine you've got your hands full in helping to tease those out from the listening of your clients. Maybe can you give us an example of someone you're working with? Of course, not by name, but uh, like what are the challenges that you're dealing with right now with one of your clients? Well, I, for example, I have one client who's raising capital for his company, and he's had a couple of tough months in raising the capital. And so we've been really looking at, well, what's the conversation he's having with himself? What's the conversation he's having with with potential funders? Um, what are the expectations? He's even taken on some people who are looking to make connections for him and, and introduce him to funders. And uh, so he's been dealing with all of the different levels of managing these relationships, including his team. He's been not been able to pay a couple of months to his team because he hasn't been able to raise the funds. So dealing with all of the complexity of that and and having to let go of certain people, there's you know there's been that mm-hmm. conversation. So we've looked at his own story and his own dynamics. Then another example, got a client, very wealthy client, and they are really um, struggling with certain aspects of their investment strategy and the advisors that they're hiring and how they're working with them, and and they want certain things out of the relationship they're not they're not getting, and so we've had to really look at, well, talk to me about how you view these relationships. Talk to me about how you view your relationship to your assets. Talk to me about what would, what you want changed. How are we going to go about making changes in these dynamics? So mm-hmm. well, it's, it, it's are, everything. It's all the pieces. It's everything. It's everything. Mm-hmm. Now, are you coming from a place that um, certainly there are many things that go on outside of our lives that are out of our control. And there are many things that are deeply embedded in our subconscious we don't even know are there, which, of course, they're subconscious. Uh, but they are actually running our show. So right. there could be some way that this uh, client of yours is, you know, just to be simplistic about it, sabotaging his good work and his conscious mission forward through some belief systems that are... Um, kind of tripping him up and making him not be the money magnet that he might otherwise be, mm-hmm. as an example. Is that right. the kind of work you enter into? Sure, that that is definitely some of the work. I, I think he is a person, for example, who's always shouldered a lot of responsibility and burden. And we yeah. started to look at what is the source of that, What is what is really... And he doesn't necessarily want to be that person, but he's set himself up in that system. And and what's the role of money? I mean, one of his, his project, his company, is actually an innovative financial services company. So it's interesting that uh-huh. here he is trying to build yeah. this, and yet right. he's struggling to make it work financially for him. Right, so, isn't that interesting? And, yeah. and and when I talk about freedom, what I what I'm talking about is that a joyful, a happy, a a liberated, a a stre- as stress free as possible relationship to money. And so you're not thinking about a lot of people spend a lot of time thinking about money. How are they gonna 
you know, whether it's they've got a lot and they want to know, figure out what to do with it, or they've got, don't have enough and they want to, got to figure out how to get more, it takes a lot of our energy. So part of the work is really learning how one is in relationship to the topic of money and wealth, how much yeah. energy is how energy is being utilized, how much is being consumed in, in the relationship to money, and what can be done to make it a, a simpler, easier path and and more energizing rather than than and rejuvenating rather than stressful and sapping of energy. Yeah, exactly. So in a sense doing the work that you're doing is removing that anxiety, removing the stress around it, so there's not so much clenching and contracting, but a sense of lightness and expansion, so it can be enjoyed. You know, some people listening may think that this is a conversation among the wealthy, (laughs) you know, and it's really designed, this work, for people who have a lot of it. Um, but that's not necessarily the case, and you indicated that before. Speak about that. I mean, how is this work, Timothy, of value to people who have just a few shekels? Well, excuse me, one thing I've noticed, and others have noticed, you travel around the world and you see people who don't have a lot of wealth, but you look at the smiles on their faces and the, the love in their hearts and the the joy in their experience, and yeah. it's it's quite extraordinary. You also see people who have no money who are suffering terribly, and, and that's uh, so awful to see. But there's something in this, you know, I remember seeing it early on when I traveled overseas in the poor, so-called poor nations, and here we are in America, and you can walk down the street, and there's not a lot of happiness or joy around money out there. There's a lot of... Yeah. Um, thinking about it, overthinking about it, stressing about it. And it, again, it doesn't matter how much you have. And and often that way of being leads to disease, dishealth, problems in relationships. Um, you know, it spreads, it's, it spreads through so many layers of our lives. Indeed. And so, so the key here is to, well, how do we change the story or how do we make this a much more exciting, vibrant, alive, fun um, uh, peaceful, whatever, all the good, all the good feelings. Uh, how do we get more of those in our relationship to money? No matter yeah, how much indeed. we have. So you know, there's the old idea, the old adage, Timothy, that uh, uh, the way we do one thing is the way we do everything. So what you're saying about a person's tense relationship, perhaps, to this thing we call money, which is more of a a flow than a thing, but nonetheless, um, mm-hmm. may be exactly a reflection of the way we are with lots of things in our lives. And we might be overly tense or stressful or anxious or um, uncertain or self-doubtful or anything of that sort. So we uh, want to take a look at that because, after all, it's just one of many aspects. Of course, it's related to survival, but in reality... Love and relationship is related to survival, too. We're designed for love, you know. I mean, oxytocin, among many other hormones, are a result exactly of loving, and oxytocin is related to our overall radiance and health, just as an example. 
Absolutely, and and the thing is, I mean, how many times do people look at their bank accounts or the checks that the the bills that are due, and how how often do you look and go, wow, that isn't that great? I have that much in my account, or how often do we say, I wish I had more in my account, or I don't have enough in my account, or right. when will I have enough? And and it's exactly. that constant You're never cycle. happy. You're never happy. <laughs> you know, and it's be that happy with what cycle. you've got. In other words. <laughs> Well, be happy with your what you've got, and and if you want to get more, or you want to create more, you know, think about how you can do that in a way that actually feels great while you're going through yeah. the process through it, not painful Indeed. and stressful and struggling. So that's right, that's yeah, right, that's beautiful. It, let's let's take a step into the domain, the kind of the larger domain of something I referred to at the beginning of the show which was this uh, relationship between our material lives and our spiritual lives. Mm. I really, really like doing what I love. <laughs> and as they say, if you don't do what you love, learn to love what you do, you know. And I think that's equally as true because not everyone has the um, destiny, if you will, to just pick up where they may be if they have seven children and they've got a blue-collar education and they know how to work with with pipes or boilers to just say, I am now going to be an entrepreneur starting next week and I'm quitting my job. You know, that may not be the best choice of all choices. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we all embody a spiritual nature. I'd like to hear what you have to say about using our spiritual nature and values to empower what it is we do in the world to generate money and how we can use money, Timothy, to make a difference in the world as well. That's a tall order. <laughs> well, you've got at least five more minutes. <laughs> Gosh, you're so generous, Mitchell. <laughs> and that's another very important thing, generosity. Yes. Yes. Time and money and love. <laughs> right. So, okay, you can uh, take any part of that. Take okay. any part of that. So, uh, spiritual and material meeting. I think we often think that we have to leave so-called the spiritual consciousness to to succeed and excel in the material consciousness. And mm -hmm. Normally. If you look at a lot of the very, very successful people out there in the sense of the amount of money in their bank account, we tend yeah. to look at them and go, they don't look very or, or act very spiritual, those people. <laughs> whether, right. whether it's the Exxon Oil or any number of, of very successful entities, they, yeah. don't, they don't tend to have a, a high spiritual consciousness. And so... We tend to think that it's not possible. There's not a lot of examples in the public domain of people who seem to integrate both spirituality and materiality into their lives and, and do it very successfully. Yeah. So I think the first thing is for people to to really look at themselves and see um, what it means to do that. What what yeah. if I were to do that in my life? What would it what would it be like? What would I what would I experience? What would I change? What? Who would I look to to guide me and help me in that pursuit? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And and as we know, mentorship, uh, right? Mentorship. And as we know, uh, we often excel in certain areas and not in other areas. And 
So the key is if you want to excel in, in, in an area, let's say merging spirituality and material, you have to find the mentors. You have to read up on it. You have to explore the topic. You have to make it a commitment for yourself to experience that. And and I have found that people who do that ultimately do make changes, do make improvements, do grow in their lives. So that's one yeah. thing. In terms of, um, I think generosity is key to the integration of spirituality and materiality, giving of yourself in whatever way you can, volunteering, sharing $5 with someone, meeting a homeless person and just having a conversation and, and buying them a a meal and bringing it to them on the street, that can be an yes. act. Um, yes. you know, there's so, what's exciting is that we are now in an era where there are so many opportunities to give. There's so many ways to give. There's so many. You can find whatever you want. There's just so much need yeah. and so much opportunity. Yes. And, yeah. and I also think that it's often important to focus, focus your attention and your energy. Let's say you're struggling with one area in your life around money. Well, find the time to really be in relationship to that struggle uh, and focus on that, not in a, oh, i got to do this, i got to do this, but in an invitational way of really engaging in the relationship that you have with that struggle. Uh, and, and in some ways that's quite Buddhist in terms of just surrendering to the opportunity sure. and really becoming mindful of that relationship that you've set mm-hmm. up. And, um, yes. So yeah. those, those are, that's practicing compassion with yourself. That's practicing generosity with True. yourself. Um, yes. I mean, there's endless, endless possibilities of what you can do. You know, the more I listen to you, Timothy Karsten, the more I realize you are a money therapist. <laughs> and everything that, <laughs> everything that you are saying in regards to how you counsel your clients around money is applicable to virtually every other aspect of their lives. You want to be generous in your loving relationships with your family, with your lover, with your wife, with... Others, your friends, you want to be kind, you want to be playful, you want to contribute something to their well-being. And, you know, I like to tell people, like my clients, do something for someone every single day. Give something of yourself that will be a little out of your ordinary neural pathways. Step out and do something that is you know, if you don't hold doors open for people, do it. If you don't pick mm-hmm. up litter off the street, do it. If you don't smile at people, do it. Break through your own habituation on behalf of someone else, whoever that may be. And it may involve giving a buck or two or whatever on the subway to somebody strumming his guitar or someone on the street or what have you buy a banana, something I like to do for people in New York. Um, mm. Anyway, you're, just to hear your thoughts. Um, well, I think, it's that, I think that's very, very wise counsel. And I think also that we have to be very mindful of the language we use and or yes. the language we surround ourselves with. Because, again, what those thoughts are communicating to yourself, to your conscious and subconscious mind, 
what you're communicating to others about yourself. Those yeah. are all things that are part of your energy system that feed and nourish you and or feed and nourish others. And mm-hmm. and so those those are vital. Another thing I highly recommend is nature never stops giving. Nature <laughs> is always yes. giving. So I highly, I always recommend people take time to just watch nature and be present with nature because it is always in a process of regenerating itself, of always giving of itself to some other species, whether it's uh, fruit trees that feed birds or the, the, you know, the, there's so much eating and feeding and nurturing going on in nature, and that is yes. so abundant. So that that is a, a great place That's as beautiful. well. That's beautiful. You're reminding me of an interview I did with the former CEO uh, and president of Aveda, Horst Reckelbacher, mm-hmm. who uh, I was interviewing him this uh, other time I interviewed him on his book, which basically posits the best kind of corporation one could develop as based on nature. Mm-hmm. And the, what I'm writing right now on sacred stewardship is this whole idea of biomimicry, that the right. more we align with and observe nature and and integrate that into our own lives, the better we'll be because nature is the great experiment. And nature has been perfecting her own ecosystems for millions upon millions of years. And she is already giving us this uh, glistening diamond, no pun intended, of what works. So we don't have to reinvent the wheel. She's already invented the wheel. That's correct. And it also gives us an opportunity to connect to something. It's, It's almost like connecting outside of ourselves by giving to another person. Nature also does that. It gives us yeah. the opportunity to connect to something larger than ourselves, and yeah. and and that is another piece. I think it's so vital to step out of yourself by connecting to something yeah. larger than yourself. Oh, and boy. you can you can do that in nature. You can do that in so many many ways throughout life. That's right. Even the sense of a belief in God or the divine, which we are in service to something much larger than ourselves, and we are acting in a way that's always in service to that greater whole, however one wants to represent it in one's own heart and mind. I think the other thing is that change happens. We're all in the midst of change. So where you are today in your relationship to money or in wealth or any challenge you may be facing in this aspect of your life, it's going to change. It will change some way if you're in conflict with someone around money. That conflict yes. will go, will be resolved one way or another at some point in time. Yes. So, and it's it's Good true point. with anything in our life. So a lot of Correct. it is just being patient and and accepting of what is and and stopping the battle, the fight, because we we tend to get in battle around these exactly. issues. And there's, exactly. you know, why it's. Yeah. Unless really you really true. like it, you know, stay in it. But I, I right. prefer I prefer not to be in that battle myself. I agree. I agree. Timothy Karsten, I'm so sorry we're out of time, but it has been a complete pleasure to have you on today, my friend. And You're your, a great interviewer. You're just a great man of service, Mitchell. And I'm honored that you asked me to participate. 
Thank you in our numero uno show. So yes, indeed. That's right. How can people get in touch with you and sign up for your destination newsletter? Great. Um, well, they can take um, – another thing I offer is a, a freedom questionnaire that, that I provide. But yes, the best indeed. way if they want to get in touch with me is either to email me, and that the best email is tdk at tdkagroup.com. And uh, or call me at three one zero eight eight nine eight two five seven, and uh, I'd be glad to answer any questions or talk to anyone about anything on these fun and exciting topics. And, Wonderful! Uh, I'll be glad to send them in a link to my Freedom Questionnaire that they can take as well. So. Wonderful, Timothy. Thanks so much for your good work. Keep it up. And, thanks, uh, bud. Take care. We will enjoy speak New York. again. God bless, absolutely. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Timothy Karsten, a a real gentleman, and doing great work, and he's been at it for a long time, both with his family's foundation that's given away scores of money, and uh, now in his own practice. Uh, And his newsletter, Destination Newsletter, is really something to uh, subscribe to. This is Mitchell J. Raven, and I'm very glad you're joining us today on this maiden voyage of uh, Blog Talk Radio Show. I will be uh, engaging guests and you, the audience, to look at, discuss these kinds of subjects that matter so much to our commitment to shifting and transforming the world so it can really be of service to everyone. Visit us at our website and get into our newsletter at www.abetterworld.tv. That's www.abetterworld.tv. And join us again next week at this very same time. Signing off for our first show on Blog Dog Radio, this is Mitchell Raven. See you next week.